What's up? It's your girl here, Maya Sanita, and welcome to the Refine Nation Station. Hey, listen, my mission is to inspire others as they are refined in Christ. Stay tuned. Let's have a great time. Yeah. What's up, Refine Nationers, and welcome back to the Refine Nation Station, the podcast. All right, so I figure since we are doing the 21-day fast that we can do a little bit of scripture reading as we continue to feed our spirit man as we go along and submit our flesh to the Lord. So let's go ahead and get into it. Today, we are actually going to read Daniel chapters 1 through 3 from the New Living Translation only because I think it's just a little bit easier for us to follow. And then we'll continue forward the next podcast with verses 3 through 6 and continue forth so until we get through the rest of the book. So just keep in mind, I am not 100% sure how to pronounce these names. So if I mess them up, I do apologize. But we're going to get into this reading and we're going to have a little fun doing it. So let's go. Daniel chapter one, Daniel in Nebuchadnezzar's court. During the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasure house of his God. Then King ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years and they would enter the royal service. Daniel and Hanani and Mashiel and Azariah were the four young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Mishael was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now, God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel, but he responded, I am afraid of the Lord, the king who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths of your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. So Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel and Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah. Please test us for these 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. And at the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. I mean, right there already, pause. Like, that already shows the favor of the Lord, right? So now, let's continue. Verse 15. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the other young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. 
verse number 17. God gave these four young men unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. When the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service and whenever the king consulted them in any matter regarding or requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them 10 times more capable than any other magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Daniel remained in the royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus. But before we get into the details of this scripture reading, go ahead and follow the podcast. Also, be sure to share it with a friend or two. That way, we continue to spread the love of Jesus. And be sure to rate the podcast as we go ahead and continue forward with this scripture reading. Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Here we go, y'all. Here we go. All right, so verse number one. One night during the second year of the reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams that he couldn't sleep. He called his magicians and enchanters and sorcerers and astrologers, and he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamt. As they stood before the king, he said, I have had a dream that deeply troubles me and I must know what it means. And the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, long live the king. Tell us the dream and we'll tell you what it means. I mean, okay, hold up, pause. These astrologers already seem pretty sure of themselves, right? So it's really interesting that they already have committed that they are going to tell the king what the dream means, right? So verse number five, but the king said to the astrologers, I am serious about this. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, you will be torn limb from limb and your houses will be turned into a heap of rubble. But if you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I'll give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me the dream and what it means. Verse number seven, they said again, please, please your majesty, tell us your dream and we'll tell you what it means. Once again, pause. They're already so determined that they know what it is. It's funny how the world will tell you exactly what they think about a thing. All right, let's go. The king replied, I know what you are doing. You're stalling for time because you know I'm serious when I say, if you don't tell me the dream, you are doomed. So you have conspired to tell me lies, hoping I will change my mind. But tell me the dream and then I'll know what you can tell me what it means. Whoa. So the astrologers replied to the king, no, no one on earth can tell the king's dream and no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. The king's demand is impossible. No one except the gods can tell you your dream and they do not live here among people. So the king was furious when he heard this and he ordered that all the wise men of Babylon be executed. And because of this king's decree, men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. Now, verse number 14, when Arioch, the commander of the king's guard came to kill them, Daniel handled the situation with 
with wisdom and discretion. And he asked Ariok, why has the king issued such a hard decree? So Ariok told him all that had happened. And Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what his dream meant. Verse number 17. Then Daniel went home and told his friends Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah what happened. And he urged them to ask God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. And that night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. He said, praise the name of God forever and ever. But he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of the world's events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness, though he is surrounded by light. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. You have told me what we asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. Let's just pause for a second. That right there. There is a good little nugget. Just remember, um, as we go forth into the course of the year, that God is the one who gives the vision and he's the one who gives the dream and he'll be the one to reveal it to us, what it actually means and why he's given us that dream and why he's allowed us to have that vision and how we are to cater and go forth with the answer towards it as he provides. So Daniel interprets the dream in verse number 24. Then Daniel went in to see Ariok, whom the king had ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel said to him, don't kill the wise men. Take me to the king and I will tell you what the meaning of this dream. Ariok quickly took Daniel to the king and said, I have found one of the captives of Judah who will tell the king's meaning of this dream. Verse number 26. Then king said to Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, is this true? Can you tell me what the dream was and what it means? And Daniel replied, there is no wise men or enchanters or magicians or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. Now I will tell you your dream and the visions you saw as you lay on your bed. While your majesty was sleeping, you dreamt about coming events. He who reveals secrets has shown you what is going to happen. And it's not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secret of your dream, but because God will wants you to understand what was in your heart. In the vision, your majesty, you saw standing before you a huge shining statue of a man. It was a frightening sight. The head of the statue was made of fine gold. Its chest and arms were silver. Its belly and thighs were bronze. Its legs were iron and its feet were a combination of iron and baked clay. As you watched, a rock was cut from a mountain, but not by human hands. It struck the feet of iron and clay smashed it to bits. The whole statue was crushed into small pieces of iron, clay, bronze, silver, and gold. Then the wind blew them away without a trace, like chaff on a threshing floor. But the rock that knocked the statue down came a great mountain that covered the whole earth. Now, that was the dream. Now we will tell the king what it means. And your majesty, you are the greatest of kings. The God of heaven has given you sovereignty, power, strength and honor. He has made you the ruler over all the inhabited world and has put even the wild animals and the birds under your control. You are the head of gold. But after your kingdom comes to an end, another kingdom
kingdom inferior to yours will rise to take your place. After that kingdom has fallen, yet a third kingdom represented by bronze will rise to rule the world. Following the kingdom, there will be a fourth one as strong as iron. That kingdom will smash and crush all previous empires, just as iron smashes and crushes everything it strikes. The feet and the toes you saw were a combination of iron and baked clay, showing that the kingdom will be divided like iron mixed with clay. It will have some of the strength of iron, but while some parts of it will be strong as iron, other parts will be as weak as clay. These mixtures of iron and clay also show that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with another through intermarriage. But they will not hold together just as iron and clay do not mix. And during the reigns of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed or conquered. It will crush the kingdoms into nothing, into nothingness and it will stand forever. That is the meaning of the rock cut out from the mountain. Though not by human hands that crushed to pieces, that statue of iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold. The great God was showing the king what will happen in the future. The dream is true and its meaning is certain. So then we have uh, verse number 46, Nebuchadnezzar rewards Daniel. Then King Nebuchadnezzar threw himself down before Daniel and worshiped him and commanded his people to offer sacrifices and burn sweet incense before him. The king said to Daniel, truly your God is the greatest of gods, the Lord over kings, a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to rebuild this secret. Then the king appointed Daniel to a high position and gave him many valuable gifts. He made Daniel ruler over the whole providence of Babylon, as well as chief over all the wise men. At Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs of the province of Babylon, while Daniel remained in the king's court. What I think is really cool about this is even at the end of this, because Daniel was not from Babylon, his name was not even Babylonian, right? He had been given this name. But it says in verse 49, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs, right? So what I found interesting is Daniel requested uh, by the Babylonian names. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not, that's not their real names. You know, they had different names. But because of the fact that Daniel honored the king and what he was doing, he asked in a way that the king understood. Mm -hmm. He acts in a way that would be honorable to the king. And so we have to remember that as we go through our days, that sometimes if we are in need of something or have a request um, maybe to somebody of authority to speak to them in a way that they can understand, that way you'll be able to honor them, but also you'll be able to be honored because you respected them. Daniel chapter three, Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide, and it's set up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the providential officers to come to the dedication of the statue he set up. So all these officials came and they stood before the statue Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and in languages, listen to King's command. 
command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. And anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. So, at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever the race or nation or language, bow to the ground and worship the gold statue that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. Here they go again, sucking up, right? Number 10, you issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they heard the sound of the horn and the flute and zither and the lyre and the harp and the pipes and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey should be thrown into the blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who you put in charge of the providence of Babylon. Man, these guys are haters. Now, they pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage in order that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue that I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Man, this guy's an ego trip. Verse number 16. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Come on now. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship your gold statue that you have set up. <laughs> Point blank and period, right? Verse number 19, the blazing furnace. So Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. Oh, snap right there. That looks like he was manifesting rage. So that that's a whole nother thing, right? So Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed with their pants and their turbans and their robes and all their other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw in the three men. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty. We certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them that a hair on their head was singed and the clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, now he's definitely going to give God praise. Let God's put you in a situation where the fire is so hot that even those who threw you in the fire will stop to praise your God. Come on, somebody. They defiled the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. 
Therefore, I make this decree, man, a new decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against God, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in Providence of Babylon. Wow, just wow. What a God we serve that he would even take time to to save us in the midst of a fire. Just like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego did not go back. They did not relent. They did not back down. They did not cower towards what was being said about them or to them from the king. But instead, they took time to press to say, listen, whether we die or not, our God is still greater than you. Our God is still greater than this idol that you have formed. And in the same way, as we go throughout our days, we need to say that in reference to the situations that we face, in reference to those hard things that we go through. Listen, even though I might not be able to have whatever it is, like, I don't know, maybe you can't pay your rent. Maybe you're having trouble with your, with your schoolwork. Maybe there's some obstacles in your way or promotion at your job. Whatever the case may be, let's just remember that your God is greater. So let's take these scripture readings and apply it to our everyday lives. I know you can do it. All right, so let's say a quick word of prayer. Father, we know that your word is life. And as we read it, we believe, God, that our lives will change dramatically for the good. We believe that you, Lord God, are helping us, Lord, to be strong like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to be strong like Daniel, that as we pursue you, God, that we will be those who will not back down, who will not coward out, but will stand and stand again, even if the fire is hot. We give you praise, God, for all that you have done. We bless you in advance for the victories over our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like, subscribe, or follow for more upcoming content. You can find Refine Nation Station on any podcast platform where you listen to your audio podcast. Also, if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, now is always a good time. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And as always, Jesus loves you. And guess what? I do too. Be blessed.